Chapter Twenty One of The Double Life of Mr. Alfred Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurney, Illinois. The Double Life of Mr. Alfred Burton by E. Phillips Oppenheim. Chapter Twenty One an amazing transformation the novel which was to bring immortal fame and incidentally freedom from all financial responsibilities to burton came back within a week with a polite note which he was at first inclined to accept as some consolation until he found that it was stereotyped within a few hours it was dispatched to another firm of publishers taken at random from the advertisement columns of the times an hour or two afterwards alfred arrived with no label around his neck but a veritable truant of the two he was the more self-possessed as he greeted his amazed parent i'm sorry if you are angry about my coming father he said a little tremulously something seems to have happened to mother during the last few days everything that i do displeases her i am not angry burton declared after a moment's amazed silence the only thing is he added glancing helplessly around i don't know what to do with you i have no servants here and only my one little bed the child smiled he appeared to consider these matters unimportant you eat things sometimes i suppose daddy he said apologetically i left home before breakfast this morning and it took me some time to find my way here sit down for five minutes burton directed him and i'll take you out somewhere burton was glad to get into the privacy of his small bedroom and sit down for a moment the thing was amazing enough when it had happened to himself it was perhaps more amazing still to watch its effect upon mr waddington but certainly this was the most astounding development of all the child was utterly transformed there was no sign of his mother's hand upon his clothes his neatly brushed hair or his shiny face his eyes too seemed to have grown bigger alfred had been a vulgar little boy addicted to slang and immoderately fond of noisy games burton tried to call him back to his mind it was impossible to connect him in any way with the child whom through a crack in the door he could see standing upon a chair the better to scrutinize closely the few engravings which hung upon the wall without a doubt a new responsibility in life had arrived to meet it burton had a little less than two pounds and the weekly money to send to ellen within a few days he took alfred out to luncheon i am afraid he said beginning their conversation anew that even if i am able to keep you with me for a short time you will find it exceedingly dull i do not mind being dull in the least father the boy replied mother is always wanting me to play silly games out in the street with boys whom i don't like at all i used to see you playing with them often his father reminded him the child looked puzzled he appeared to be trying to recollect something daddy some things in the world seem so funny he said thoughtfully i know that i used to like to play with teddy miles and dick hopscotch and marbles and relievo relievo is a very rough game and marbles makes one very dirty and dusty 
still i know that i used to like to play those games i don't want to now a bit i would rather read if you are busy daddy i shan't mind a bit please don't think you will have to play with me i want to read i shall be quite happy reading all the time mr densham has given me a list of books perhaps you have some of them if not couldn't we get some out of a library burton looked at the list which the boy produced and groaned to himself my dear alfred he protested these books are for almost grown-up people the boy smiled confidently mr densham gave me the list father he repeated simply after lunch burton took the boy round to mr waddington's office mr waddington was deep in a book of engravings which he had just purchased he welcomed burton warmly and gazed with surprise at the child alfred his father directed go and sit in that easy chair for a few minutes i want to talk to mr waddington the child obeyed at once his eyes however were longingly fixed upon the book of engravings perhaps you would like to have a look at these mr waddington suggested alfred held out his hands eagerly thank you very much he said it is very kind of you i am very fond of this sort of picture burton took mr waddington by the arm and led him out into the warehouse whose child is that the latter demanded curiously mine burton groaned can you guess what has happened mr waddington looked puzzled you remember that day i went down to garden green you gave me two beans to give to ellen and the child it was before we knew that their action was not permanent i remember quite well mr waddington confessed you remember that i told you that ellen threw them both into the street a man who was wheeling a fruit barrow picked up one i told you about that yes this child picked up the other burton declared solemnly mr waddington stared at him blankly you don't mean to tell me he said that this is the ill-dressed unwashed unmannerly little brat whom your wife brought into the office one day and who turned the ink bottles upside down and rubbed the gum on his hands this is the child burton admitted god bless my soul mr waddington muttered they sat down together on the top of a case neither of them found words easy he's taken to drawing burton continued slowly hates the life at home goes out for walks with the schoolmaster he's got a list of books to read classics every one of them poor little fellow mr waddington said to himself and to think that in three weeks or a month and in the meantime burton interrupted here he is on my hands he's run away from home as i did i don't wonder at it what do you advise me to do mr waddington what can you do mr waddington replied you must keep him until upon children burton said thoughtfully the effect may be more lasting no news i suppose of the tree mr waddington shook his head sorrowfully i've had a private detective now working ever since that day he declared the man thinks me of course a sort of a lunatic but i have made it worth his while to find it i should think that every child in the neighborhood has been interviewed what about the novel come back from the publishers burton replied i've sent it away to someone else mr waddington looked at him compassionately you were relying upon that were you not entirely burton admitted if i don't earn some money before saturday 
i shan't know how to send the three pounds to ellen you had better mr waddington said gently accept a trifling loan not if i can help it burton answered hastily thank you all the same mr waddington but i would rather not we will see what happens i'm going back now to try and write something they returned to the office burton pointed towards the easy chair look mr waddington nodded alfred had propped up the book of engravings before him was holding a sheet of paper on the blotting pad and with a pencil was intently copying one of the heads they crossed the room and peered over his shoulder for an untrained child it was an amazing piece of work it is a botticelli head mr waddington whispered look at the outline the boy glanced up and saw them standing there he excused himself gracefully you don't mind sir do you he asked mr waddington i took a sheet of paper from your office this head was so wonderful i wanted to carry away something that would remind me of it if you like mr waddington offered i will lend you the book of engravings then when your father is busy you could make copies of some that please you the boy's cheeks were pink and his eyes soft how lovely he exclaimed father may i have it he left the office with the book clasped under his arm on the way home burton bought him some drawing paper and pencils for the remainder of the afternoon they both worked in silence of the two the boy was the more completely engrossed towards five o'clock burton made tea which they took together alfred first carefully washed his hands and his manners at table were irreproachable burton began to feel uncomfortable he felt that the spirit of some older person had come to him in childlike guise there was so little to connect this boy with the alfred of his recollections in looking over his work too burton was conscious of an almost odd sense of power in this child's fingers which could have been directed by no ordinary inspiration from one to another of those prints the outlines of which he had committed to paper the essential quality of the work the underlying truth seemed inevitably to be reproduced there were mistakes of perspective and outline crudities odd little touches and often a failure of proportion and yet that one fact always remained the meaning of the picture was there the only human note about the child seemed to be that looking at him shortly after tea-time burton discovered that he had fallen asleep in his chair burton took up his hat and stole softly out of the room as quickly as he could he made his way to the offices of the piccadilly gazette and sought his friend the sub-editor the sub-editor greeted him with a nod heard about your novel yet he inquired i had it back this morning his caller replied i have sent it away somewhere else i have written you a little study of the children of london i hope you will like it the sub-editor nodded and glanced it through he laid it down by his side and for the first time there seemed to be a shadow of hesitation in his tone don't force yourself burton he advised looking curiously at his contributor we will use this in a day or two you can apply at the cashier's office for your check when you like but if you don't mind my saying so there are little touches here repetitions that might be improved i think burton thanked him and went home with money in his pocket he undressed the boy who sleepily demanded a bath 
put him to sleep in his own bed and threw himself into an easy chair it was late but he had not troubled to light a lamp he sat for hours looking out into the shadows a new responsibility indeed had come into life he was powerless to grapple with it the grotesqueness of the situation appalled him how could he plan or dream like other men when the measure of the child's existence as of his own could be counted by weeks for the first time since his emancipation he looked back into the past without a shudder if one had realized if one had only taken a little pains would it not have been possible to have escaped from the life of bondage by less violent but more permanent means it was only the impulse which was lacking he sat dreaming there until he fell into a deep sleep End of chapter 21 Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurney, Illinois